the first how, how Baba came into our life, you see, the, the very beginning of it is because of my maternal uncle, means my mother's brothers. My mother's home is in Ahmadnagar and they have a big property over here, it's still there, it's known as Satta Colony and Akbar Press. And my un maternal uncles were very fond of having long early morning, early morning walks, you see. So one day they decided to go towards Arangam. When they were young, they used to go for long walks. So they, they decided to go there. So when they went there, they must have reached Arangam naturally, because Baba was there. But nobody knew, he had just come, arrived there, you see. So one of my uncles tells his brother, says, look, what do I see here? He says, Zarashtra come on earth. What do I see? And he was so drawn, you see, that he rushed towards the person, that is Baba, and embraced him. That's how our whole family has come to Baba, you see. So then the uncles told the story to the to their father, you see, mother had died, and to their other younger brothers and sisters. And naturally the story leaked to my mother, who was living with her husband, that is my father, in, Ahmad, uh, in uh, Nagpur, some, at a distance of nearly 600 miles from here. I still remember that uh, during our vacations in school, mother would bring us here to her family. And we had a good and pleasant time, you see, during a vacation, playing with all other boys and our, our relatives and all that, youngsters, all would gather here. Once, I think it must be in the month of December, Christmas vacation we used to have. So, my mother brought us, that means myself and my two sisters, my younger brother was not born at the time, so we were here and my mother was told about Baba and it was in 1925. I was nine years old then, most probably. So, yes, nine years. So we went in a horse carriage. We used to, we don't have, we, we didn't have cars at the time, you see. Here in India, not so many cars at the time, especially Ahmadnagar. So well-to-do families had their horse carriages, you see, those buggies as we call them. And uh, we had uh, two or three buggies at our place because we, it was a very big family. One day the family decided to go to Baba. So buggies were filled with human cargo. And uh, my mother was in one of the buggies and I was in the same buggy and my two sisters and some other relatives. It was overloaded. So at the time when my mother must have been pointed out that day Baba sits there near the dhuni, you know where the dhuni is now, you know, under the tree. Mm -hmm. There was no regularly built platform there at the time. There was just a pit in the earth there, you see. And Baba, ha uh, Baba's big table, which is now under the shelter, the big wooden table, that was there uh, by the side of the tree then at the time. It is now shifted from there because to protect it from weather, it's now shifted under the shade. There's a shade bell. A shed, shed, as you call it. 
Well, when my mother spotted Baba, she shouted. I don't know why she shouted. I don't know what happened. She thought that the horse was overloaded, you see, and Baba wouldn't like the idea of her overloading an animal, a creature. And she shouted at me, says, Ere, jump, jump! So, well, I didn't know what, uh, what was happening, you see. And the whole carriage was overcrowded and I was sitting on the footboard, you see. And I was rather a very hefty person, you see, at the time. Although I was just a child of nine years, I was very heavy, bulky. I jumped and like a fool I jumped in the wrong direction, you see. And mm, I hurt my elbow, one of the elbows, sorely, you see, and started bleeding like anything. By the time, you see, the carriage had stopped at the dhuni, and I went holding my arm, wounded arm, you see, towards the dhuni. I didn't know what was happening, you see. So Baba spotted me. I still remember this. I can, I, 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 know, I know what had happened, you see. I can visualize it it's before my eyes. So I went there, and Baba was sitting there, and he called me, and he took me on his lap and made me sit there and took a handful of dhuni ash from there. The ash that is there in the dhuni ditch pit. And he just plastered my elbow with that ash, you see, and tied some, uh, tied the kerchief around it. Then he patted me and says, don't worry and sit down. And I, I don't re recollect his having said anything, but that means he had started observing silence. 1925 and December and uh, Baba started his silence in July so nearly six months uh, seven months seven and then twelve five months had passed by so I first met Baba that's my recollection of having met him for the first time and then of course Baba told us to pay frequent visits during our vacation so we went there you see again and again and the boys would go and the uncles would take us you see and spend the whole day there and all that. Then Baba gave us surprise visits to our place you see in Nagpur where my parents lived and where I used to go to school and all that. So my father would be often on tours because he was holding some position there that made him tour long for, for long periods he had to he was in under he uh, under him were all the factories and other mechanized things you see of the whole province of central provinces and birar it's a vast area very vast area so he had to see to all that he was the chief inspector so he would be constantly on tour so whether baba whether my father was which were, uh, when he was known now, very well known in literature and other books, you see, as Papa. Baba used to call him Papa. So whether Papa was on tour or at home, Baba would pay a visit to us. I remember one, the first visit he gave, surprise visit, he stayed there for a fortnight or so. So when I saw him for the first time there, I, I was in school at the time when he must have reached home. So when I returned on cycle, I saw him there standing. So I threw my cycle and I don't know what it is. I was a lad and I went there and just prostrated myself. And the first words that came out of my mouth was, Baba, forgive me.
I don't know why. <laughs> what had happened? I don't know. No, just this. What it is, I don't know. Well, whatever it be, these were the first words I uttered. And Baba embraced me and all that. And that's all. And then Baba played with me that evening. And, and well, somehow or other, in spite of visits to Baba at Mehrabad and his having come there, I somehow or other never had that love for Baba, you see, that I could feel within myself. Maybe it might be dormant there, I don't know. But there was no feeling of closeness or love. But I had a sort of uh, respect for him, great respect for him. Because my parents respected him and loved him. I didn't know what love was, you see, for a master or anything. I didn't know who Baba is, you see, at the time. Nothing of the sort. People respected him, people bowed down to him, so that was the natural reflex action of the body and the mind, that's all, of a lad who was very fond of sports and studies and his friends and his circle of friends and all that and society, nothing more than that. So when I saw him first, I don't know why I uttered those words, Baba forgive me. And then he embraced me and when we, he took me inside as if he was I was the guest and he was the lord of the house, you see. I felt like that. And then, uh, well, he saw to my changing the clothes and says, all right now, relax, sis. I am happy to see you. Well, I had my cup of tea and uh, I just washed my face and all that. And I, when I wanted to go out for, to play, Baba said, we'll play here. So we played. I don't know what it was, what game it was, what we played. There were other Mandli people also Baba had brought with him. That's all. And then, the next day I went to school and then I saw, he saw me off at the gate, you see, he came with me there and then I went away. And then I had completely forgotten while returning that Baba was in the house. So I came the same way, the gate, and Baba was waiting there and he was happy and we had to again play. I thought within myself, well, he's no good playmate for me, you see. I missed my playmates there at the playing ground, you see. I used to play vigorously, hockey and things and football and all that. So then the third day when I went, I looked from a distance and Baba, as was expected, he was waiting for my arrival at the gate, you see. So I knew, so I took a circuitous road and instead of entering through the main gate of our estate, I went all the way around, you see, and entered the wicket gate, and there I entered quietly without anybody's knowing, and, and washed, changed my clothes, and went back to the playing ground and played, felt happy about it. And when I returned home, my mother was very angry. I said, why is it that you didn't appear here? I said, I came, I changed, and I went. Why didn't you stay here? Do you know how, how, what rare opportunities you are missing like this? Because my mother knew all about it. I didn't know anything about it. What I knew was of only Jesus the Christ that I was taught in school, you see. And that is a different story. Formerly we were considered to be heathens, non-Catholics. I was studying in the best school there, St. Francis de Sales High School, which was the mission school there. Missionaries were the ones during the British regime who controlled the school, the education, you see. 
and it was the best school so we were considered to be heathen so we were not supposed to attend the scripture classes and we were to sit quietly behind the behind all the students just pouring over our da daily lessons you see or keep quiet so we remonstrated we sometimes play mischief you see and the so those who were not uh, roman catholics they were considered to be heathens and they had to sit behind the boys you see who were taking the scripture classes and at the same time we were missing lot of marks you see there there was a paper in the examination which we couldn't attend to or appear for and that paper carried 100 marks i don't know whether you can follow all this because it so happened so after uh, we used to miss those marks too and in spite of our uh, attendance and uh, application and all that we used to lag behind in class because the roman catholics or the christians you see were 100 marks ahead of us because of this paper one day i collected all the so called heathens you see and we approached the principal and well let him know that we should be allowed to attend the classes or should be allowed to let uh, go out and play or do whatever we wanted why were we closeted inside the classrooms when we were not supposed to attend the classes so we won the day you see and the principal gave in and said that all right you all can start attending the scripture classes if those who want and those who do not want they can either stay inside the classroom and revise the lessons or go out and play so that's how we got our what you call got what we wanted no because i had taken the lead naturally i had to do something so i had to take up scripture classes you see i joined them and i was i really liked to have good marks you see in class in school so that would add to my total so i i joined the class you see from from the following year and to my surprise i stood first in scripture classes and then it so happened that i was very fond about the whole thing you see i was very intrigued and then uh, all things you see started unfolding and there were things that i did not understand and i would stand up and ask my professor and he would answer me and he was very happy with me that i was taking such great interest he thought that i am a potential christian you see and uh, well i was i i did really begin to love jesus you see and at the day at that same time there were so many things that were uh, quite a mystery to me and i would ask him what it meant and after two or three attempts you see he would just make me sit down and say that sit down it's a mystery you don't know that sit down so i used to sit down helpless you see and very often this helplessness made me feel so how fine it would be if i were to be present you see if i were at the time of jesus the christ walking along by his side you see or following him everything there wouldn't have been any need to go through all this it would be such a fine thing you see and i missed it but then at the same time i had the hope that he had said that he would come back you see 
So that also kept me. But then I felt that how I often craved to be with him, you see, longed. And a time came when when my in longing was intense, you see, to follow him and be with him. Baba was at my home and I did not know that he was the same one. What a paradox it is, you see. I remember having shed tears in classroom, you see, just with this helplessness not being by his side. But not knowing that he is the same one at home because my mother said that he was Zoroaster. Who cared for Zoroaster? I wanted Jesus, you see. <laughs> you follow how the misunderstanding is, how little knowledge is treacherous and dangerous, you see. So that's how I missed him. I, had I known he wanted me to play with him, he wanted me. He was hearing my prayers. He was there in response to my longing, trying to give response to it, and I refused, you see. So even in my childhood days, I missed him like that. Well, then I came, uh, well, I, uh, I was very happy, came to know about the life of Jesus, and I went through the Old Testament and the New Testament and the scriptures and all that, you see, and I was happy about the whole thing. And I even gave my final examination and all that, you see, the school final examinations, which are, the papers come from Cambridge uh, in England, you see. So, well, whatever it is, it was a very happy ending to my school career, and then I had to join college after school final. In the meantime, I, naturally, Baba would come and go, and sometimes we would be taken, my father would take us to Baba and all that. Nothing, there was nothing about Baba in me. Everything was about Jesus, you see, Jesus. He was my real companion, or you may call it my... I didn't take him to be my master, but... Some, somebody who is a real man, you see, you can follow him, can, can be with him and spend the whole of my life, you see, not caring because I had no need for wealth. I, had no, I could not give any thought to wealth because I was rolling in riches. Nothing to do with property. Everything was at home, you see. There was nothing that I craved for because everything was there. My father was very well to do and he had... He loved me very much, being eldest in the house. I had access to everything and anything that I wanted. There was nothing wanting, nothing. I had the love of my parents, my sisters, and then my brother was born, and the friends and the relatives and the community and the society and the po whole population there. Somehow or other, there was no, not a single person who was my enemy. And I had a very good nature, as I told you in the very beginning, you see. And some of the people respected me and loved me and they cared for me and everything was fine, nothing lacking. So how can I give any thought to God or godly things, you see? But I loved Jesus, I liked him, I liked to follow and says how fine it would be. I like to, I like to go through all the hardships that he went to, if he were to be by my side, not alone. Well, that's how I passed my days, you see. But then one day, when we were in Nasik, this man, who called himself to be the same as Jesus, this Meher Baba, he one day called me, you see, in Nasik he was there. And we had been on a vacation with my father there. Again, so many th hundreds of miles away from our place. He, we happened to be there. So he called me once and says, well, what are you, what are you doing now? What do you intend to be become? I said, an engineer. 
So then he laughed, you see, and sarcastically he says, Engineer? <laughs> so what use? You see? So he called two or three other engineer followers of his, you see, and they said, well, this crazy person wants to be an engineer. Aren't you an engineer? Tell him what, what's being an engineer. So he must have winked at them, you see. You know, as I told you how, how human he was. So these people, you see, I was innocent. So I just listened to them, and I thought that these people are crazy people. How could they be engineers? My father was an engineer. I knew what being an engineer me meant. So they started trying to, what you call, dissuade me from becoming an engineer, saying that what a life an engineer has to lead all the time near a boiler and near this, and one has to play with fire and one has to play with blocks of steel and iron and all. I said, what sort of engineers these people are, you see? What do they mean? Do they really understand what engineering meant? Well, all right. I just nodded my hands. I also gave a smile, you see, very skeptical about the whole thing. But then one thing Baba said, which intrigued me very much. Baba said, leave that. He says, what is there in an engineering? Be my engineer. Do my engineering, he said. Ah, well, I said, Thank you, Baba. And just blah, blah, blah. then there were then there was Delia and Margaret and others. You see, Westerners were there. So Baba told I think Delia was in charge of the garden. That she was fond of gardening. I don't know what it was. Says look, he has a good garden because Baba used to visit our place. I mean, we had the best of the garden. You see, in that whole place. He says he knows about gardening. If you want to ask him any what you call some points or something, he'll be able to tell you. So. Then Baba sent me away with Delia, as far as I recollect. Then I went there and told her anything, whatever she asked, I helped her in that. That's all. That was the meeting. Then again, some months and years passed by. Now that day also, he said, "Well, uh, can you do?" He his sandal strap broke. Yes, got out, tore off. He says, "Can you repair this? I am without a sandal." Yes, so naturally I went hither and thither to find some, some sort of implement to stitch it. I knew cobbler. Uh, my mother was very practical, apart my, from my father being very practical man. My mother wanted me, I don't know why, to know at least some important points about different trades. You see. So I was taught carpentry, cobbler, uh, tailoring, and cooking. Yeah, so many things, you see, my mother. And, of course, uh, she wanted my health to be in perfect condition. So she had, you know, with the help of my father, created a gymnasium there in the house, you see. And everything, and she would bring in, uh, call my friends, you see, to wrestle with me and give me companionship in my uh, daily physical training and all that. And then there were tennis courts and badminton courts and aviaries and all sorts of apiaries and and the garden was the best everything that was there in the house so that i i shouldn't fall in <laughs> with bad company elsewhere you see everything she collected there you see and brought it so the, so all the cream of the society the boys and all they would come there also so we could exchange thoughts and all that. i need not go outside in search of anything that was their plan now i realize it must have been so they spent a lot, lot of money over all this. Now I had a laboratory also. I was, I had a fad for chemistry. You see, 
so they created a laboratory in the house i had a special lab with all the furnishings and all that so i used to fiddle there you see and take a lot of my time spend a lot of my two hobbies were there chemistry and gardening were my two hobbies and of course i liked sports you see football and hockey and badminton i played a lot whatever it is so one day it so happened that while i was in the midst of all this my hobby and my friends and all that i received a telegram from baba for the first time during my summer vacation from college says come immediately and see me at panjgani my father was on tour and my mother came out naturally you know when these telegraph messengers come they announce their arrival <laughs> rather loudly as if they start ringing the cycle bell and all that so my mother came so what's the matter i said there's a telegram so it was all unexpected my mother was delighted says baba has called you go immediately it means immediately means immediately i said that doesn't mean that i must step out of the house and catch the first train says yes it means that when a cable comes from the god man saying that you must come immediately means you must leave all the work in hand and go there i said i that's not in my vocabulary immediately means well i i shouldn't delay much can go tomorrow i have to pack up things and then go says no go immediately i said there is no time for the train my mother said there is there are two and a half hours now for the time you can go you pack up things what's there for you to go well whatever i dilly dallied and i didn't obey my mother i had no intention of obeying my mother at that time i was very fond of my mother i loved her very much i still love her so but there i didn't listen i said it's going too far you see so i continued with my gardening there i had some things to do you see prepare my garden for the season and keep the plants you see in shade and all that it was summer months in scorching heat in nagpur temperature rises to 121 degrees you see and i cannot afford to allow the plants to die like that this is considered to be the best garden in whole of the town there well whatever it is that uh, i was busy there and again within an hour another messenger comes with a telegram same contents but from a different station so i guessed immediately that baba must be traveling and in his travels he is he has sent another telegram so my mother came again so what's the matter so then another telegram now do you realize she asked me go immediately so i said it's no good displeasing my mother now anymore so i left the whole work and then washed my face and then hands and just i left the place drove my car my father was not there on he was on tour so i just had the car to myself i told my mother that i would keep the car in charge of the constable over there at the station all knew us almost the whole town knew us you see big town very large city now it's a big place so i left the place and went to baba when i went to baba at panjgani i had to stop at pune means from nagpur to pune railway train and then get down and catch the bus to the hill station there are no trains even now there are no trains you have to go by bus road transport so i went there when i arrived there baba was there he slapped me on my back and says well done you arrived in time 
I said, yes. So he sat down on the floor. There was a carpet like this. I sat down. He says, I want you to leave everything and come to me on 1st of August, 1938. Will you be able to do it? I said, by your grace, anything is possible. Just, it went out of my mouth, you see. He says, do so, come. I said, all right. So then he says, will it be possible for you to bring with you your parents and your sisters and brother? I said, yes. By your grace, anything is possible. So do bring them too. How will you go back? I said, by bus. Where will you eat? I said, some in a hotel or something. Go, he says. But don't go today. Sleep in the cave. His cave. Baba's cave is there at Panjgani. You know, you have heard of that cave? There's a cave there, regularly built cave of Baba there, where he stayed there. Elizabeth and others also were made to stay there. So he says, sleep there in the night and then go early in the morning. Don't see me again. I will see you on 1st of August 1938 with the family. That was the interview when I went. And again he said, well, when you go to the cave and if there are tigers there, are you afraid of tigers? I said, no. So will you be able to bring me a tiger, bring him by his ears? I said, if you want it, I'll do it. You see, I didn't know why I said all this. It just came out like that, you see. I didn't know all this. So now when I begin to realize all these things, these things just come now to me. So then, well, he says, he again slapped me, he says, go. So I carried my bedding and I went there. I just ate my lunch and went to the cave there and I was a good sleeper, you know. I can sleep for as many hours as you want. If you want to bet with me, I can have the bet also. So I went and slept, you see, from right from the lunchtime, after lunchtime till next morning <laughs> inside the cave. And then in the morning I got up, rolled my bedding roll and came back to the bus stop and then caught hold of the bus and went back home. While on my return journey, sitting in the train, all the implications dawned on me, you see, like a huge cloud, you see. See, you have said yes to all this. What have you done, Eric? Do you know, do you realize what you have said there, what the responsibility and the implications of the, of your just one minute interview, there was, it was hardly, a, hardly five minutes I was with Baba, with all this. It dawned on me, you see. And then the cloud started becoming bigger and bigger and darker and darker. <laughs> My father was employed there on a very big position there. The whole property, how to dispose it of, it was in the month of May, end of May, June, July, two months. What about my sister's studies and my college career and my younger brother is still to be admitted in school? And what will happen to all these people? And what about the relatives? And oh, everything, you see, started coming. Just, they started putting their heads up, you see, everywhere. Well, I went home. I said, well, I have said that by your grace, that is the saving grace. I, I, my mind now tells me, or maybe my heart tells me to my mind, 
Well, whatever I have said, it is by your grace, it is possible. So what can I do? If it is not possible, I won't, it won't be possible. But we were taught, you see, from our childhood to, to, to make our words weighty. You see. Never to talk lightly or just take lightly of things that you talk. You must fulfill your words. Keep your promise. That's what we were taught in our childhood days by our parents. So I went home and my mother was very eager to know what happened. You come so soon? I said, yes. How long you were with Baba? I said, five minutes. Just five minutes? I said, yes. What did he say? I said, wait, Ma, wait. Let me refresh myself, sit down. <laughs> Just take, give me some time. And you know, I was really very much perturbed. You know, I didn't know what to do, what to tell them, how to tell them, how to break the news. My father had just come from tour. That same day he was taking his bath when I entered the house. I asked where his father come because I saw the car there. So the first thing when he came out he says, Do you realize what you do with, your, with the car? Why do you leave it like that? I said, Father, I had to go because I was wanted immediately. And I, the, but I, I, I gave the charge of the car to a constable. Do you mean to say that they take care as we take care of our cars? And so far, I said, all right, there are so many weighty things, you see, more weighty than the cars. <laughs> then I went inside and then had my bath and refreshed myself, refreshed myself and came back, said, come on now, let's have a conference. So we had a conference that day. And my mother asked me, well, what was it? What did Baba say? My father asked me the same thing. I said, I'll tell you. All what he said was, within five minutes, first he asked me, whether I would be able to leave everything and go to him on 1st of August 1938. And what did you say? I said, by your grace, it can be possible. It can be made possible. And Baba was happy. And then soon after that he said, will it be possible for you to get your parents and your sisters and brothers to live with me all the time, leave all and to live with me from 1st of August 1938. I said, by your grace, it can be made possible. So now I've come to report to you this, and what do you all think about it? My mother jumped with joy. My mother liked the idea so much. says, how fortunate, how blessed we are. You see, amongst Indians, I don't know whether you all know this, that there are two things. When the this is a question of a perfect master asking somebody to join him. But when the Godman himself says, there are two ways of joining him, to live with him, to leave all and to follow him. First is, if we on our own go to him and try to catch hold of him, this first thing, and if he permits, it's a great boon and a blessing. You see. But if he were to ask on his own, it would be like his having caught hold of our arm, you see. So it is never possible for us to leave him any time. Because his grip is something which is very tight. It's like a clamp. If, if we were to grip him, there is a chance, a remote chance, of our grip getting loose or his slipping away from us. So my, this thought came to my mother and says, what, how blessed we are that he on his own has asked us to come. So she jumped with joy and says, this is, the, this is an opportunity we must, not, must never miss. 
well, I said, my mother is all right with me. That's all right. The uh, sisters were kids, you see. And my brother was a little one, four years old, you see. No. He was seven years old. Seven years old. So, then my father's turn. I looked at my father. He looked at me. I said, Father, everything depends on you. I said, he said, I never expected such a reply. He said, look, all this that I have established is for your happiness, for the happiness of the whole family. And if you all find greater happiness at the feet of Baba, well, I am all the more happy. But remember one thing, don't try to make me undo things that I have done. I, I ask you, if you want to feel happy at the feet of Baba, I'm happy, I'm ready to go. But don't make me undo things that I have done by, with my own hands. So I said, but Father, you have to give your signatures to all these, put your signatures to these things. That I will do. But don't involve me in the sale of the whole thing, you see. I, it will be too much for me to attend to my office at the same time here and all that. I said, all right, I will accept that responsibility. Well, then I, at work started. And it went on. And on 1st of August, 1938, we reached this place called Ahmadnagar and met Baba with a trunk and a little bedding roll. <laughs> uh, that's the story how we came to Baba. And since 1938, we are with him, that's all. Mm. So that's the end of this game. The, the humorous side of it was that uh, it was humorous and stupendous too, you see. To, uh, to sell an estate, you see, one has to either be a crazy person in such a short time or just not care for any profits or anything, just sell it and throw it out. So we didn't care for any monetary returns or anything of the sort because the most important thing for us was to be in Baba's presence on 1st of August 1938 without any encumbrances. So I had approached a party on my own a family who was very keen. You see, whenever they would come to our place, have garden parties and all that, I had overheard these people saying, you see, the, the lady of the house saying that, well, uh, how fortunate you are. She would tell my mother to have all this, you see. How I long to be here, you see. And I don't think that, how I long to have a, have a, have a property and in a state like this where we can all meet together. What a beautiful garden and everything was there. There were waterfalls, you see, and springs and all that. What is this? So how fine it would be. I said, I remembered her, you see, at the time. I said, this is the party. We can go there and I can tap her. I went there. The next, that same day I went in the evening, you see. And I told her that we want to sell the place. Will you want to buy it? She jumped at the idea. I said, look here. What price will you be able to give me? So she said that, Eraj, first of all, I want to ascertain whether you, whether you have the approval of your father and mother. I said, yes. 
What makes you think like that? Do you mean to say that I can sell the property which I don't own without the permission of my father? But what has happened? What has happened? I said, nothing has happened. All what we want to do is to just sell the property. That's all. Nothing has happened. Why do you inquire about it? But is there any tragedy or anything? I said, nothing. Everything is fine. So how much, is, how, how much are you able to pay for it? So she says, look here. I have got this, I tell you, to be very frank, I have got my bank balance is this. Nothing more than that. And I won't be able to pay you all this, but just allow me 10,000 from this for other things, and I'll pay you the rest that is there. So she gave me the figure. I said, what you ask me is just it's just uh, it's not worth even selling a little house you see like this says, I tell you believe me Eric, I have nothing more than this but I long to be in the house I would look after it as if I were to be the whole family there you, you're just parting to a family are you sure you haven't got anything with you are you sure of it you're telling the truth I said yes I don't I I have nothing. If I if I had, I would have surely given. But I tell you, keep ten thousand rupees with me, because my son is getting married, and soon after the wedding we'll be shifting there. I said, Are you sure you haven't got anything more? I'm not after money, I said. But are you sure of what you are telling? Are you telling the truth? He says yes. I said it's yours. I said the house is yours. Whatever be the price. She says, are you fooling with me or are you, are you sure? I said, well, I'm definite now. You want it. You had longed for it. You craved for it. It's yours now. So it so happened that my father was very upset with this. I said, father, we are not after money or anything of the sort now. Are you going to carry the world to Baba or you are carrying yourself? Part, part with it. So I just, mm, he signed, he, he said, well, no, it's all, all in your hands, whatever you want to do. Then the humorous side of the whole thing is, years passed by, you see. Of course, we had to then dispose of things, many things happened there, but that little side, years passed by, and in 1949, I left with Baba for new life. And my parents were there, and we told them, I told them that I am not going to return now. So they, we parted, well, because each one had thought that nobody belonged to the other, you see, when we joined Baba. We were no longer, I was not their child, and they were not my parents. We were all on equal levels, you see. We were just the slaves of the master, you see, that's all. Hmm. So I left. And then after some months, six or seven months of a new life, this lady, very old now, comes to my mother, searching for the house, you see, where we lived, came to know that we lived there. Says, see, they met after many years. Says, where is Erech? Says, Erech is not here. He will not, you will not see him. So she got a shock. Has he died? Said, no, he has left. He won't return. But where is he? He must be returning, traveling somewhere. No, we don't know. Why have you come? 
myself. I have to, I have to beg forgiveness of Erich. I said, what's the matter? She says, my mother asks, what has happened? Uh, you are not staying in the house there? She says, no, we have sold the house. Why? She says, not today's moment's peace there, you see. Every day, you see, when whatever room we move out, there we would see Meher Baba there. He would never leave us, you see. She says, how blessed you were. Why did you leave the house then? What happened? He says, but we, there was no privacy for us. Wherever, in whichever room we were there, we could spot him, we could see him there. He'd come and then go away, come and disappear, come and disappear. So then what happened? He says, no, but that is not the thing, you see. That, of course, my mother said, well, we are not concerned with what you did with the house. We are not concerned with the house. It's no, no more ours. But what has happened? Why have you come? He says, I had told, the, told an untruth to Eirach at the time. I had a lot of money. I didn't give him. He was a child. I thought that I could take away the house. And she told the whole story to her. And here is the bag, suitcase full of notes, currency notes she had brought. She says, give it to Eirach when he comes. She says, Eirach is not going to come. And I tell you as his mother, if even he were here, he wouldn't have accepted this. He has nothing to do with money. He, he, was, he had rolled in money enough. Why do you bring this to us? This is you accept it as his mother. No, my mother says, nothing to do with money now. We are not concerned with all these things. So what to do? I won't, I won't die in peace. Because I remember what he said last. He says, if you are telling the truth, the house is yours. And I remember that I had never told the truth and the house never belonged to us. So here it is that I should die in peace. Says now, then what to do? Says, give this to the poor in the name of Mer Baba, and that would reach Baba. That's all. So she, she promised to do that. We don't know what has happened. She left, and we don't know. No more context now. This I was told when I returned from New Life. You see, to my mother, and she told me what had happened. So that's a little humorous <laughs> side about the sale of the property. You see. Mm.